0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: The youth of the world came together once more. The host city showcased itself like never before. There was ceremony and song. And that's where it all went wrong. A poetic start to anything but footy this week. You can draw parallels between Eurovision, the Olympics, the Paralympics, and the Commonwealth Games. The main difference, of course, is that we as a nation tend to do a bit better at multi-sport events than we do at song contests plus Eurovision seem to go on longer than the Olympic Games or even the Cricket World Cup I'm Michael
2: I'm John we'll dive deep into the world of sport focusing on the Olympics and Paralympics so much world-class events in the UK this week alone from taekwondo in Manchester sailing in Weymouth diving and hockey in the Olympic Park and we've still got quite a summer to come
1: and you can get in touch with us, of course, on Anything But Footy. You can tweet us. And we do love to read your tweets during the course of the week. So give us a follow at Anything But F. You can find us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram. And you can email us as well, anything but footy at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate us, like us, share us, download us, and tell your friends about us. You can find us on your usual podcast provider, including iTunes and Spotify. So loads to cram in. Let's get going, And we'll start in Manchester with the Taekwondo. Manchester's been hosting the World Taekwondo Championships. It's the first time the UK has hosted the event. Great Britain initially named a team of 15... Performance director Gary Hall targeted three to five medals. Uh, Great Britain won five medals in 2017 in South Korea. And the British team included double Olympic gold medalist Jay Jones, Olympic medalist Bianca Walkden, and Olympic medalist Latalo Mohammed. We'll mention Jay Jones first of all. She has finally Mm. won a world championship title. Fantastic 14-7 victory over the defending champion Lee Arim. She's 26 years of age. She's from Wales. She came into all-out consciousness, of course, in London in 2012, winning an Olympic gold there. And she now has an Olympic World European Championships, European Games, Taekwondo Grand Prix and Youth Olympic gold medal. And she's now targeting an unprecedented third successive Olympic title. And, John, she is going for it. She is going for Tokyo. And she's going to try and make some history.
2: Yeah, you're so right. I mean, she burst onto the scene as a fresh-faced 19-year-old in London and obviously home advantage works for Jones because, uh, as you rightly say, you list all those achievements and she'd never been world champion before and it took until it came to Manchester uh, at the Manchester Arena this week and and what a performance in that tense featherweight final, as you rightly say. She defended her London 2012 Olympic title in Rio four years on and now odds-on favourite to win the first ever trio of taekwondo Olympic gold medals afterwards she said it was an amazing achievement and it was always the one that got away and and that, what I love about jay jones is she always tells it like it is i think she as i say burst onto the scene as a teenager saying i just like kicking people in the head uh, and frankly that you know that uh, that, that brought her to our, our attention uh, everyone enjoys that with taekwondo and and great to see her uh, getting that world championship gold medal as well and it was a good few days on home soil uh, or home comfort for for gb i thought teenager Alia Powell did brilliantly in her first senior tournament to win bronze in the 50-kilogram division. And then 20-year-old Bradley Sindon. Watch out for this name. Bradley Sindon from Doncaster. Uh, he upgraded his 2017 World Bronze to become Britain's first ever male taekwondo world champion, beating Spain's Javier Perez Polo 24-21. Wow. Uh, what a final in the 68-kilogram in Manchester.
1: Should just qualify that by saying Britain's first able-bodied British male world champion in Taekwondo. But, of course, those weren't the big stories from the week in Manchester. Bianca Walkden provided the week's big talking point. She was crowned world champion in controversial circumstances. Zheng Zhuin was her opponent. She led by 10 points midway through the contest. Uh, that's Zheng Zhuin led by 10 points. Under the rules, any player who amasses a 10 gamjons, which is penalties in Taekwondo during one match, is automatically disqualified. Now, Zheng had already reached seven penalty counts when she had this seemingly unassailable lead. So Walkden instigated three more penalties. That meant Sheng was disqualified and Walkton was the world champion. Now, mm. this has led to a bit of a war of words. China and Britain have both accused each other of disrespect. The Chinese athlete collapsed in the centre of the mat as Walkton celebrated the win. Then the Chinese athlete slumped to the floor and slumped to her knees during the medal ceremony and walked and who was speaking to Mark Staniforth of the press association afterwards said i went out there needing to find a different way to win and a win is a win if you disqualify someone it's not my fault but i wasn't impressed i have to say with the booing in the arena very very unimpressed with that reaction by the crowd now I understand obviously what had gone on and it wasn't the circumstances that I'm sure Bianca Walkden would have liked to have won um, but you know she used the rules to her gain and she became world champion fair and square and I think the crowd were out of order to lead that booing at the medal ceremony
2: well I, I slightly disagree uh, look I'm going to say Bianca Yes, I slightly disagree. I mean, well done to Bianca Walkden because, again, like Jay Jones, who's a great friend of hers, um, you know, she'd never she's never won an Olympic gold medal. Uh, gold medal, she's won the bronze, as you rightly said in in Rio. But she's two time world champion. She's now three time world champion, and it means she's right on track for Tokyo with how she how she performed in Manchester. But as you say, she played the game. You know, she knew that she was in uh, up against it. But you know, the Chinese athlete uh, athlete Shuan had had. Seven penalties by the time she had this ten point advantage, so actually you then change your tactics it 's a bit like someone you know in in a, in a football match, a rugby match or whatever changing the way that they play to get the result that they need now she celebrated as you say the twenty seven year old from Liverpool like she didn 't care, and I think that 's the right attitude and i don 't think she cared whether people booed her or not, and actually I don't care that the crowd did boo her because, you know, they were obviously had displeasure with that and they wanted to show it and I, it's interesting because in the uh, 2019 uh, earlier this month Kentucky Derby in Louisville the crowds attending were not happy with that result because the historic outcome of the race was tainted by a 14 minute deliberation by stewards after an objection that the horse maximum security who finished the finish, who got to the finish line first was disqualified for impeding other horses so it meant that country house was handed the win but the historic race was you know and the onlookers were upset and they booed during the events trophy ceremony but I don't have a problem with that I think look you pay your money and you want to have an opinion if you don't agree with that then it's the right thing to do Justin Gatland London 2017 the drugs cheat he lined up against Usain Bolt in the men's 100 meters final his name was read out and everyone booed and I agreed with it. And I agreed. Yeah. And I agreed with it in 2012 when George Osborne, the chancellor, was booed, uh, even though he'd funded most of it. I still agreed that if that if that is how you want to portray your opinion, then you should do it. If, if it's in the wrong and you think it's in the wrong, you've paid your money. You want to say, why not? And I think Bianca Walkden has said that she would do that again. She's not bothered. And actually, I think that's the right attitude.
1: I don't have a problem with what Bianca Walkden did. She didn't break any roars. I do still have that problem, though, with the reaction from the crowd. I remember being at the Olympic Games in Rio, and Brazilian sports fans were booing Reno Lavilleni when he was up against Thiago Braz in the pole vault final. Now, Braz, of course, was the big home hope. And it left uh, Renu Lavaleni, who's a real legend of pole vaulting and athletics, in, in tears. He had to be comforted by Lord Coe. And for me, this is just part of a wider problem. And I go to a lot of football matches and I see parents with children. And these parents are being abusive to the footballers. They are gesticulating with their hands Uh, they're using what I would term as, as fruity language, I had an incident where I was at a game, covering a game commentating on a game recently, where we in our commentary position we very much in amongst the, the visiting, uh, the, the home support, and we were the visiting media, if you like. And every time the home team did something well, myself and my co-commentator, an absolute legend of the game, this guy turned around and kept mouthing abuse at us, and then his child started copying him. And this was a child who had a lollipop in his mouth. So we're not talking a teenager that knows these words. We're talking a young child. And I think if you take children to a sporting event and you're going to get involved in booing and panto villains and all of that for me it might just lead on to worse abuse and i've seen it at football matches i've seen it at cricket matches i've seen it at other sporting events and and personally i don't like it and it's not the way i would want to behave if i was taking two of my children to an event like the world taekwondo championships
2: i I agree you know we should not be abusing Um, And no one has said that Bianca Walkden has been abused by the crowd. And I I, I do think that there is a difference between the abusiveness because you're absolutely right. Some of the way that, you know, and we're football fans as well, we sit in the stand and it is embarrassing. But also, you know, you want to show your opinion. And I think booing is actually quite a a polite way of doing it. It's kind of like, boo, you know, we're not very happy with this. As I say, like with the Kentucky Derby, it's not the right result. It shouldn't be. But... you're right you then don't want to go to the next level and and that would be uh, the wrong thing and you know as i say we are football fans uh, as well although we don't often talk about it on uh, on the anything but footy but you've got to make sure that that nastiness doesn't then obviously come into the rest of sport uh, and, and 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 certainly in our olympic and paralympic sport we don't want to see that but i think the odd boo when you don't necessarily think that that was the right result isn't the end of the world. And certainly, Walkden was was happy with that.
1: If you want to get in touch with us, give us your opinion on booing at sporting events. Don't forget you can tweet us at anything but F. Uh, you can leave us a message on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, or you can email us, anythingbutfooty at com. It's been Mental Health Awareness Week this week, and UK Sport has been running a campaign promoting positive mental health. Rower Vicky Thornley featured. She partnered Dame Catherine Granger, who, of course, is basically in charge at UK Sport these days, to a silver medal in Rio. Hockey player Helen Richardson Walsh also talked about her individual needs in a video released this week for Mental Health Awareness Week she said that no one size fits all for her it was very much an individual a bespoke solution that was required and I have to say I think it's great to see these open conversations around mental health and I do think it's part of a wider acceptance that athlete welfare needs to be addressed now this is something we have spoken about at length before but there is this relentless pursuit of med Moments, There is an enormous amount of money uh, pumped into sports, and we've seen it recently in sports like cycling. And now, of course, here with rowing and hockey, we've still got human beings at the centre of this. And those human beings can't be pushed or bullied if you want to go that far to achieve those medal moments there has to be an understanding and this is what mental health awareness week and the uk sport campaign has been trying to do this week there has to be understanding that at the heart of it is you've still got a man or a woman with emotions and with feelings
2: yeah, great to see lots of athletes speaking out. I think I saw Hannah Cockcroft as well uh, tweeting about it uh, in the week and a big supporter of Team GB, of course, uh, Prince William, the Duke of Cambridge and his charity Heads Together, uh, along with his brother and, and wife and uh, obviously his brother's wife, Heads Together launched a, a latest initiative as well this week. Shout is a free 24-7 text messaging service connecting people experiencing mental health crisis to train volunteers who provide help at a time when it's most needed and it's great to see the likes of British Cycling as well as UK Sport also announcing this week what they were doing and it has to be front and centre Michael you're absolutely right when liaising and looking after athletes and uh, you know British Cycling has been criticised in recent years for that win at all costs mentality well Dr Nigel Jones who's the head of medical services uh, has led the way and decided to quote revise our approach to athlete mental health and well-being based on the acknowledgement that an elite sports team we operate in a high challenge high support environment so yes there's the challenge but there's also the support there as well and what I'd like athletes to think and what you really want everybody to think in the in the world because this isn't just a sporting issue is that you feel comfortable in your own skin you feel comfortable in what you're being asked to do you feel comfortable to perform at your best and therefore if you are performing at your best you're more likely to feel comfortable and win and that would make you know all the difference
1: and I think these conversations around mental health and around athlete welfare will, will continue right up um, to the Tokyo 2020 Games and beyond of course and the British Olympic Association announced this week they have a new chief executive and I'm sure that this will be something that Andy Anson along with his colleagues at UK Sport will be dealing with something that they will be taking on board Now, Andy Anson has replaced Bill Sweeney with Tokyo 2020 and Beijing 2022 very much on the agenda when John and I uh, were at the Building that uh, Team GB and Paralympics GB share. They literally, as we've said before, do have countdown clocks on the wall in reception counting down every second to Tokyo 2020 and Beijing 2022 Andy Anson joins them from Gold Soccer Centres he has sat as an unpaid executive on the BOA board since 2011 you might remember the name as he was the chief executive of England's failed 2018 World Cup bid I don't think England ever had a chance of getting that tournament so we don't hold that against him too much he was also a commercial director at Manchester United and chief executive of the ATP World Tour in Europe as well so that's the CV that's That's why Andy Anson has got the job, but what a big job it is.
2: Huge job. I'm, I'm looking forward to to meeting him. I've never had the pleasure as yet. And as you you rightly said, you know, he's uh, had that experience um, in in certainly the worlds of football and tennis. But I tell you what, replacing Bill Sweeney, who, has, of course, we talked about resigned in February to become chief exec of the Rugby Football Union. I mean, this is the man who led Team GB to their most successful games ever in Rio four years after hosting the thing. They actually bettered the medals that they'd won on a home games. It's a bit like replacing Sir Alex Ferguson. And we <laughs> frankly know how difficult that is and how that has been. And they're still somewhat in the dark. I'm sure that Andy Anson is a great appointment and he will uh, do a great job in Tokyo 2020. But it is a tough, a tough gig uh, for, uh, for team G anyway. Anyway, it just the whole thing the whole Olympics is a tough gig to go and better or even try and match and we talked about it in the edition of Anything But Footy um, 13 last week didn't we That we, you know that the medal predictions are a lot lower in some of the sports at the moment so uh, lots to do at the uh, British Olympic Association and Andy will be pleased that McVitties has become one of Team GB's official partners ahead of 2020 yes the makers of Hobnobs Jaffa Cakes and Digestives have signed a partnership mm. until the end of 2020 20, uh, and obviously uh, they have 180 years of British heritage. Uh, so, a great partnership it looks with Team GB.
1: And we mentioned those brands, not because we hoped that they might send us some free samples, just because that is that is part of the <laughs> Olympic and the Paralympic news this week, the, the signing of McVitie's as the latest commercial partner. There's been a number of big uh, commercial deals announced by the British Olympic Association in recent weeks and months as well. So uh, we'll keep our eye on that for you. I remember actually Bill Sweeney, the chief executive, um, speaking to him, I think it was um, when we were up at the the Open at at Troon when uh, Team GB were announcing their golfers. Uh, ahead of the Rio 2016 Olympics and speaking to him about the absence of you know some of the top players and it seems that Japan and Tokyo 2020 might see some of those big name golfers coming to the Olympics after all. Tiger Woods has said, head of the USPGA which has been taking place in Long Island in the States, Tiger Woods has said he wants to play in the next Olympics and at his age having you know had that fantastic comeback winning the, the US Masters in Augusta as we've spoken about says he thinks time is running out but he wants to be an Olympian and Rory McElroy has also this week said he is excited to play in the Olympics the key thing there is he's excited to play for Ireland he of course was a Catholic who grew up in Belfast so he had the option of uh, competing for Great Britain had the option of competing for Ireland didn't play in Rio um, his reasoning behind that he actually sort of officially cited Zika as a reason, then he came out and said, "Actually, I wouldn't want to watch golf at the Olympics. I'd want to watch the the proper Olympic sports." Um, but I have had some sympathy with McElroy's position, as I said, as a Catholic growing up in Belfast and having to make that decision between Great Britain and Ireland. Uh, there are a couple of points I'd just like to make about golf and golfers at the Olympics. It's interesting that. A lot of the leading golfers didn't feel, John, that it was their role, if you like, to to spread the word. It wasn't their role to grow the game. And that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of them gave Rio a swerve, because they didn't feel it was up to them to, to create golf in Brazil. However, Japan is a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Because the game is already huge in Japan commercially, I imagine, a lot of these golfers will be under pressure to go to Tokyo and Japan. It will be very lucrative. And the other point I'd just like to make, uh, before bringing you back in, of course, is that I just hope what, what, whichever golfers go, they, they treat the experience like Justin Rose did. And that wasn't just the fact that Justin Rose won the gold medal. But it was the fact that he just bought into the whole Olympic ideal. He wanted to go to the ceremonies. He wanted to go into the village. He wanted to go and support other Team GB sports. And I think if you are going to go to the, the Olympic Games, it is going to be different from you know one of the majors, the Masters, the Open, USPGA, whatever. I think you've just got to accept it and, and, and really just dive in with both feet if you're going to be a golfer at the Olympics. And it would be great to see Rory McIlroy Tiger Woods on the first tee in Tokyo.
2: I think they've been listening to anything but footy because after that Masters victory, we said Tiger Woods has got one thing to do and that's to compete in the Olympics and and, and then obviously win a, a gold medal or a medal at least. And it's great to see that he wants to do it. Look, I'm I'm I, you know, McElroy, his decision to represent his country is, is entirely down to him. I've got no issue with that whatsoever. What I've got an issue with is that he didn't want to go to Rio because he was scared of Zika. I mean, I didn't even get a bite, for goodness sake. I mean, it was absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah a boat to your uh, abode, most <laughs> nights. Uh, this little uh, rowboat, which uh, if you ever get the chance to ask Michael about it, he will uh, absolutely—it's a, t- a tale worth telling. Uh, but it was, you know, it was ridiculous and totally went down in my estimations. I think I've said before uh, about that with McElroy and I agree with you. Justin Rose lapped it up; he got involved, like Sir Andy Murray. Uh, well done, by the way, Sir Andy, for getting your uh, your gong at the palace this week. Um, but you know, he lapped it up. He—it was one of his highlights of a great golfing career and. All you can ask is that people want to take part in the Olympics and want to be there. And that's what Rory and Tiger hopefully have now turned around and said. And it's great to see they may have changed their minds. Just quickly on the Olympics, it's interesting, isn't it, about growing the game, Michael? Because we often talk about this, you know, that it's, it, the golf now is not seen that much on terrestrial TV. So from a, from a British point of view, it's on the Olympics, which means it would be on free-to-air TV, you would be able to see it on the BBC, which is such a rare thing. So you can see why the organisers of golf, who want to grow their game, you know, it's not just about men uh, in suits um, down the local club uh, playing on a Saturday morning. They want to get the youngsters through, and they want to do that. And I played football golf this week at the local <laughs> golf club, which is amazing. My two and a half year old son preferred jumping in the hole, which was which uh, he could fit in um, rather than a <laughs> golf hole, but. But, you know, this is about growing the game. And you can see why organisers now want the, want to be part of the Olympics. It's why Rugby Sevens is, is there as well. And all these sports want to be part of the greatest show on earth. And they want to be part of anything but footy,
1: let's be honest. Yeah, Rugby Sevens I thought was a fantastic addition to the Olympic programme. I've got no doubts that that should stay as part of the Olympic programme. If the big names turn up for golf over the next two or three editions, then again, I think like tennis, it could establish itself in the games, in the olympic games as i said i think having it in japan having it in tokyo where commercially of course there's that huge captive audience i think is is playing into a few people's minds as well i should just mention on the subject of terrestrial tv coverage of golf we get just a few hours of highlights don't we now on, on BBC 1, BBC 2 from the golf and yet they gave three and a half hours up to the opening of a, a new court at Wimbledon today, just a, a, a parallel there between between golf coverage and, and tennis coverage on the BBC and if I ever do tell the story about my accommodation in Rio and where I stayed and the rowing boat I required to get there, you know it's been quite a quiet week for Olympic sport, <laughs> it hasn't been a quiet week this week, we've still got loads to get through including our big roundup of everything Olympic including ice hockey netball triathlon athletics rowing hockey and tennis to come. But you mentioned of course the Team GB medal table and last week we were discussing on Anything But Footy how that Great Britain were being predicted to to slide down the medal table a bit this week. Well, we've already talked about medals in Taekwondo and we've had a fantastic week of medals at the World Diving in London wrapped up with Tom Daly winning a bronze in his individual 10 metre winning a gold with Matty Lee in the 10 metre synchro with a phenomenal final dive. If you could get to see the official World Feed coverage of that final dive. Freddie Woodward, an Olympic diver, alongside Bob Ballard on commentary. Absolutely nailed their commentary on that, and what a dive it was. Freddie Woodward literally used the word wow. There was also gold for Jack Law, silver for Dan Goodfellow in the three metres in a Great Britain 1-2. Dan Goodfellow has had a a year transitioning from the 10-metre synchro into the uh, three-metre springboard dive as well. So it was a good week at that final World Series event at the Olympic Park in London. And I think when you take into account some of the other sports that we're going to mention shortly, along with the taekwondo we've talked about, John, and and the diving medals, I'm actually feeling a bit more optimistic about that medal table now.
2: Yeah, and, and some people might say, well, what was the standard like at the Aquatic Centre? So this was at the uh, Olympic Park, where, of course, Tom Daly famously won in 2012 the bronze medal and dived into the uh, into the pool. Um, you know, China and Russia were there, and this was world-class divers at their very best, and what it was great to see was the British divers causing a real splash. You know, that first night, Tom Daly and Matty Lee, as you rightly say, they got a, a 104.34 points for their final dive uh, the fifth, you know, it was an incredible performance to ensure golden success. And uh, you, you rightly say some great commentary on, on Eurosport by Bob Ballard and, and the team. So, you know, it was great to see them starting it off. Uh, and then you've mentioned all the other medal winners. And it was, uh, you know, uh, what I really like about this event and and what we've done as a team, Grace Reid uh, was just missed out on a medal in the three-meter springboard as well. You know, that they've got men and women coming through and performing so well. And I actually watched a bit of it. And again, my, my son, who might become a bit of a starring role in anything but footy moving forward, uh, if he carries on like this, because he sat and watched diving for the first time, uh, Michael. And he sat and watched Tom Daly, And basically, he turned around and said, Dolphin. <laughs> and... So, look, we've got a new nickname for one of Britain's best-known sports stars and Olympians. We've known him since a young teenager, Daly the Dolphin. Why have we not come up with this before? Um, it, was, it was great to see. And then he spent the rest of the hour before bath time uh, just diving around the living room, uh, pretending to be an Olympic diver. And if that, isn't, know, if that isn't legacy, I don't know what is. Do
1: you know, I've, I've said before, haven't I, that, that Tom Daly is is actually genuinely one of the nicest guys on the circuit and you know he's got this very sort of smiley sparkly personality but it's real in my experience and i've i've been around him quite a lot but i suspect we could break him when we tell him his new nickname which is daily the dolphin i i suspect <laughs> the mask will finally fall at that moment uh, staying on the water great european championship sailing week for great britain Charles scott uh, won the European Finn class gold in Athens. There was a silver medal in San Remo in the 470 class uh, for Hannah Mills and Ailey McIntyre. And Hannah Mills will be coming on the podcast shortly. And in Weymouth, gold for Great Britain in the 49er class. Silver to Great Britain as well in the same class. And gold for Great Britain in the NACRA 17 class. It was again a GB1-2
2: absolutely brilliant to see uh, we've mentioned Joanna Conta on track for Tokyo but more importantly Wimbledon in July looking for uh, match that semi-final of two years ago and her fourth uh, place in the world rankings well she got to the final of the Italian Open in Rome in style this week finally succumbing to Karolina Pliskova in straight sets in the final though but now the 28 year old has secured her seating for the French Open she's actually one of the favourites to even maybe lift the title even though no, uh, having never won on the main draw at Roland Garros in four attempts but she beat world number four Kiki Bertens in that semi-final of the Italian Open of the Netherlands in a comeback three setter 5-7, 7-5, 6-2 Bertens had previously beaten Simona Halep the week before who uh, in the Madrid Open who is the current reigning French Open champion so Conta described it as a big achievement of her career and rightly so well done
1: Joanna And Great Britain have won gold staying with tennis in the wheelchair equivalent of the Davis Cup or the Fed Cup. Uh, 23 nations taking part in Israel. And well done to Great Britain who won the gold in the World Team Cup by beating France in the final.
2: And six medals for Great Britain and the power rowing event, the uh, Giverart International Regatta in Italy. Six medals, two golds, two silvers and two bronzes for British rowing. A great weekend ahead of Tokyo.
1: Hockey and ice hockey still to come, plus triathlon and athletics. But in netball, England captain Ama Agbazi has been left out of England's World Cup squad. She was the captain on the Gold Coast, of course, when uh, England famously won the gold medal at the Commonwealth Games. Now, the 36-year-old has had a knee injury. That ruled her out of the quad series earlier on in 2019. Injuries have hampered her this year. She's been playing for London Pulse after spending time playing club netball in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, She has said in an interview, Amarag Beysi, that she is disappointed and frustrated. Uh, The World Cup comes to Liverpool Between the 12th and the 21st of July, it's going to be one of the sporting highlights of the summer.
2: The Diamond League in athletics continues in Shanghai this week, and the men's 100 metres, of course, looking for the next Usain Bolt after his retirement a couple of years ago. Well, it was one of the big races of the night, and 21 year old American Noah Lyles, uh, who is a 200 metre specialist, beat last year's diamond champion Christian Coleman. They were both given a time of 9.86, but Lyles just got the nod. And Britain's Reese Prescott, and we talked about him not being at the relays in the last edition of Anything But Footy and missing out on the indoor season as well up in Glasgow for the outdoors well he was in his first race of the season he finished fourth in 997 so under 10 seconds a great performance from Prescott uh, hopefully a good summer for him with the Worlds coming up in Doha later in the year and European silver medalist Nathaniel Mitchell-Blake was fifth in the 200 metres Holly Bradshaw also in action in the women's pole vault.
1: Hockey news now on the ice Great Britain have found the step up in class at the world championships very tough Uh, They were defeated by Slovakia in their sixth game of the event. I have to say, though, they did perform really well, losing 6-3 to the US in their fourth match. And in field hockey, Maddie Hinch has returned to the central programme. She's returned to the international setup after a 10-month break. Uh, The FIH Pro Hockey League matches have been taking place in London. Uh, Great Britain's women beat Belgium but lost to Argentina. Uh, The men beat Argentina but lost to Belgium. (laughs)
2: <laughs> 8,000 fans over the weekend uh, went to the Olympic Park to see the hockey while they were diving at the Aquatic Centre what a what a legacy that is I know I'm a big fan of it uh, and finally from me good to see Alistair Brownlee back in the winning zone a two-time Olympic champion won the ITU World Cup in Calgary the triathlon World Cup in, tri- in Calgary in Italy his 36th gold medal of his career a rare appearance over the sprint distance so a little uh, shorter than the normal one that he does for the Olympics uh, British teammate Sophie Caldwell uh, won the Wim Women's race as well, and Britain's Alex Yee and Georgia Taylor Brown finished fifth in the men's and women's races at the World Triathlon Series in Yokohama, in Japan, and never rule out the triathletes uh, getting it right for Tokyo in just a year's time, Michael.
1: And I think we might be seeing a Paralympic gold medal for Jay Jones Hall, who won the women's triathlon event also out in Japan. This is Anything But Footy. We'd love to hear from you, of course, during the course of the week. What is your opinion on booing at sporting events? Boo. John and I can't come can't come to an agreement on that, but we'd love to hear what you have to say about it. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at anything but F. And we're also on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook, leave us a comment there on Instagram as well, or you can email us during the course of the week as well. Anything but footy at gmail.com Sports Social Podcast Network.